The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost Busting Mystery Episode 13 Chapter 13 It was late afternoon Saturday when Vinnie and I spun onto the dirt road that led along the river to the Moon Glow Motor Lodge. We were headed to pick up candy for the seance. The Motor Lodge sign was up, but it no longer lit up at night. The neon that used to advertise magic finger beds had fizzled out long ago, probably about the same time as disco and my sex drive. (laughs) A pair of turkey buzzards had built a big old straw and mud nest on top of the word magic in the neon sign. The mother bird appeared to be sitting on some eggs. She craned her ugly, red, bald head around us as we bumped along past the sign. I had a feeling she was hoping we might be dinner. Looky there, said Vini. This place is a real love nest. They could mow the road, I bellyached as I squinted into the sun. Them high weeds are deliberate, said Vini. Darn smart marketing. How's that? I flipped down the visor and squinted some more. Well, the tall weeds keep it discreet. Private. Romantic. Romantic might be one word for it. Personally, anything mating in weeds this high, I hope never to see naked. I pulled the Chevy tight to the office door. The motor lodge was painted bright white with grass-green trim. The paint blistered from the concrete building in giant boils. A metal vacancy sign squeaked back and forth in the river breeze. A sign under the vacancy sign read, Air-conditioned, though someone had scrawled, Not, in front of that. A hand-lettered cardboard sign tacked to the door read, $20 night, $10 hour. The front door was thrown open, and the inner screen door was propped open with a rusty spade with a cracked handle that looked to be permanently driven into the ground. At one time, there might have been a flower bed in front of the office, but now there was just a scattering of cigarette butts trying to take seed. The motor lodge consisted of ten rooms jutted out in a line from the right side of the office, with a narrow porch shading the entrance to the rooms. Metal, scallop-backed chairs painted grass-green sat along the walk, one by the side of each door. A double-bay ice machine chained shut with a combination padlock featured a sign that read, Night Crawlers, $2. I reckon they meant Worms for fishing, but based on the looks of the place, all sorts of things might be crawling around the Moon Glow Motor Lodge after dark, none of which I'd pay two dollars to meet up with. What room is Candy holed up in? I asked Vini. Didn't say. 
I climbed out of the Chevy and ambled up to the office. A man with a Buddha belly was sitting on an orange plastic sofa in the lobby. He was wearing camouflage cargo shorts and no shirt and was sunburned. His chest was covered in shaggy gray hair, and he wore plastic flip-flops and square purple plastic glasses way too big for his face. He held a sweating Diet Coke can in one hand and a TV remote in the other, and was squinting up at a small TV that sat on a shelf in the corner. A cigarette smoldered in a glass ashtray on a Formica table in front of him. The Formica had orange and black melted burn marks along the edges where people had left cigarettes to burn over the years. Gun smoke was on the TV screen. Excuse me, I said. Sir? He took a hit off his cigarette, his eyes glued to the TV. Yeah? I'm looking for someone? Ain't we all, sugar? He exhaled but kept his eyes on the TV. Leave your cash on the counter. No need to register. It's the 21st century. No one gives a shit anymore. It's a woman. I'm looking for a woman, I said. Like I said, be as weird as you like, sugar. No one cares. Room two's empty. Linens are clean. Keys on the wall behind the counter. Help yourself. Vini popped into the office behind me. It's hot as the devil's hairy ass out here. She sniffed the stale office air. And it smells like foot fungus in here. What's the holdup? Vini was dressed in a new Goodwill outfit. She had settled on a mystic 70s theme for the seance. Lime green, wide-legged culottes with a pair of purple Converse ankle sneakers and a white leather beaded vest with a shaggy lime turtleneck. The back of the vest had what looked like to be gravy stains, but Vini figured she could rub those out with a little white shoe polish. She'd been wrong. She looked like some kind of 70s yeti. The office clerk looked up. Cripes, you old gals swingers. Look, if there's going to be more than two of you, that's five dollars extra. You'll use more towels. Old people use a lot of towels. You horny seniors use too much lube. Vini yanked the cord to the TV out of the wall. Aw, oh, man, why'd you do that? We're looking for a woman, Candy Huggins. Oh, yeah. She registered under an alias, Candy Kane. Must be her. Room one. Not very creative, but then we don't get a lot of high IQ guests out this way. You ladies hookers, not like I care, but I got an old pal up at Leisure Hills who's having a 90th birthday party this week. We could use some cheap entertainment. We're not hookers, said Vini. We're hip. If you say so. He plugged the TV back in and went back to watching his programs. <laughs> Vini and I strolled down to room one. Vini pounded on the door. When she got no answer, she lugged a metal chair over and tossed it against the door. 
the door creaked open. A white oval face peered out. It was the boss, Harry. He was wearing a woman's kimono robe with a loud flower pattern and elbow-length sleeves. The robe showcased his skinny legs and knock knees. His pewter-colored hair had sprouted a rooster tail in the back. His mustache was drooping in the humidity. Where'd you get that classy robe? asked Vini. Harry blinked. Candy? He tossed one shoulder backward. She's got taste. Not in men, she don't, Vini said. Candy appeared in the doorway. She was fully dressed, fiddling with fastening a silver loop earring big enough to be a horse's nose ring. She was wearing a long, ruffled red skirt and an off-the-shoulder peasant blouse. Hi, gals. Almost ready. I finished a good while back, but Harry there is like a little energizer bunny. Keeps going and going and going. She barked out a laugh in a cloud of smoke. Boy, put a quarter in his bedstand and you shall get your money's worth. Harry smirked like he was proud of himself. Vini slid in under Harry's arm, not waiting to be invited in. Harry's robe fell open, revealing a yellow thong and a thin line of gray hair, like marching ants, which trailed from his belly button down into his thong. Put your pants on, Harry. No one wants to see that. He grabbed his pants and suit jacket and hobbled to the bathroom. The room was tiny, barely big enough for two people to stand between the bed and the TV. The TV was an older, fatter model cradled in a metal roller stand. The mismatched bed sheets were twisted like a tornado had flung them around the room. The TV was on, but the sound was off. The room smelled like wet towels, bleached underpants, and some sort of cheap floral air freshener. Vini sniffed the place. Not as romantic as I remember. Candy shrugged. Seen worse, seen better. The bathroom is real clean. No mold in the shower. Plenty of toilet paper. They even have fancy two-ply nose tissues. Vini made herself at home on the bed. She jumped up and down, testing the mattress. Dust flew. Thick clouds full of mites, hair, dry-skinned cooties, and God knows what else. Her vest fringe flew like little white doves through the clouds of dust. I couldn't make Whoopi on a mattress like this. Nope, too many pokey springs. I got me one of them newfangled pillow-top foam mattresses. It's like doing it on top of a bowl of marshmallows. Yeah, said Candy. Those are real good. Vini clasped her hands together in her lap. You feeling psychic? Candy was standing at a full-length mirror slathering on pink lipstick. She puckered, blotted, slathered some more. Think so, 
always helps when I have good sex. Gets my juices flowing. Candy tossed her hair and shoulders and did a little hoochie dance. Her silver and gold dangle bracelets clattered like gypsy clackers. Harry strode out of the bathroom. His hair was slicked back, his tie tied, his jacket slung over one arm. He was carrying his fedora hat in his free hand. He looked as happy as a puppy with two peckers. He gave Candy a little pat on her behind. Ready to do some voodoo, sugar buns? Candy grabbed her little silver shoulder purse and we all ambled out the door like a herd of turtles. Candy was a little unsteady on her high heels, and Harry walked like he'd been ridden hard and put away wet. The sky was turning black as we settled into the Impala. Fist-sized clouds were rolling up the river. Thunder rumbled in the distance. The willow trees along the river had begun whooshing in the wind like squirrel tails. Oh, boy! cried Vini. I feel itchy. I can feel the ghosts. Makes my skin tingle. She did a little itchy ass dance in the front seat. I thought she was being overly optimistic. The way she'd been wallowing in that bed where Candy and Harry had bumped uglies, I'd lay wager her crotch was well on its way to becoming Nobby Waters's next great cootie castle.